It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Hey everyone, Ben Price here, and uh, so good to be back with some Thunder Down Under as part of the uh, Daily Thunder Scattered Thunderstorm series. Uh, so grateful to be back, very excited. Uh, I was here a few weeks ago. Well, hey, I'm here every day I live here, but uh, you know, here on this podcast of Daily Thunder and YouTube, and um, so you might have seen me there, uh, or you might be thinking, who's, who's this guy? What? I've, you could go back and check it. You might be thinking, what's going on here? Who's this strange Aussie accent going on? Has Ellerslie been hacked? <laughs> Possibly in a good way. Uh, but yes, no, I'm here because, uh, well, I, I was a guest uh, pre- presenter, I guess you could say, and here again uh, as well. Uh, this time, um, I'm excited because I've got a, uh, a series which I'm going to be doing. Oh, my phone just... Um, Thought I was talking about my phone, no, not not you Siri. Um, why am I talking about my phone? Not not Siri, series. And so it's um, a series I want to be doing. Uh, I, I was in the last <coughs> series where uh, Eric did the uh, uh, the spiritual lessons uh, from Abe Lincoln and uh, during the antebellum period. So uh, yeah, uh, so I do a little Eric impression, or well, not just a little, but Eric impression. And uh, yeah, I, I do a lot of um, voices, and I want to bring some humor and some Aussie flavor and uh, in particular evangelism. I'm an evangelist and I want to, in my series, bring uh, evangelism truths from heroes of the faith. And so just to let you know, uh, when I say heroes of the faith that we look back on, small h heroes I'm talking about, not the capital H hero that is Christ, the hero of heroes, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, you know, he's the ultimate hero that uh, these guys are just mere signposts pointing towards Jesus. And we can glean from uh, men and women's lives that we look at and we go, you know, that they didn't have any anything special. They had someone special, as do we who have been given everything we need for life and godliness. And so uh, just the same as, you know, we look at, the lives of David and Joseph and Paul in the scriptures and we can gain things that point towards Jesus that we can learn from their lives so we can look at uh, some of the guys and heroes of the faith that we can use because um, yes I'm not just a comedian that does 200 voices Uh, I, I love the Lord I'm an evangelist and I love to go out and share the gospel I, I run an evangelism team um it's called Bought with a Price with Ben Price. And we go all around Melbourne to various spots to share the gospel. And, uh, you know, love the Great Commission. Want to, want to always share my faith uh, in Christ with everyone that uh, we can come in contact with. And so I want to look at, yes, there's there's methods, there's, there's evangelism doctrine that we could talk about. But I, I really want to look at some of these heroes of the faith and how they've had a big impact on my life and particularly when I'm going out sharing the gospel and how that can impact you and your gospel sharing um, as we look at some of these heroes of the faith. And then what I want to look at today is uh, the passionate preacher who is Leonard Ravenhill. And you might have seen me doing or heard me doing 
a Leonard Ravenhill impression in the previous <coughs> series. Series. It, my phone's okay with it now. It's fine. It's like, I know what. It's all good. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah, I did a few uh, Ravenhill quotes. And um, let me give you a couple just to sort of get you started. Because uh, because he was an evangelist in, in you know right throughout his whole time. And he, he was also someone that had a uh, prophetic calling. Not, not a capital P, but a, a small P prophetic calling. Uh, bringing the truth of scripture uh, at a time to really stir and wake the church um, in, in his latter years when he came to America and he really had to wake the church from slumber. But uh, yeah, he had some great quotes here. He said, America is not dying because of the strength of humanism, but the weakness of evangelism. It's a great quote. Uh, he said, any method of evangelism will work if God is in it. He also said, I think one of the serious breakdowns in modern evangelism is this. It's offered too much for too little. What we do mostly is offer forgiveness. We need cleansing. There is no true conversion until a man takes up his cross. And uh, that really is uh, indicative of the, the upbringing and the, the teaching that he had. It wasn't just, you know, to offer forgiveness. Yes, there's cleansing, there's regeneration, there's sanctification. There was all this that they were taught. They had the doctrine and they went out. Um, but yes, he was also, as I mentioned, um, a prophet to stir, to awaken the church, uh, which, which really was to bring them back to that first love so that they would then go out and share the gospel because um, another great uh, voice I listened to and I haven't heard him as much as Vance Havner and uh, I, I did listen to him you can actually access that through uh, the Ellerslie website ellerslie.com to go under the podcasts and see Bravehearted Voices and there's a sermon by Vance Havner where he talked about repentance now I don't do his voice well he's kind of in the mm, similar vein I suppose to A.W. Tozer kind of you know got that uh, almost uh, slower. Uh, it's it's almost cartoon like, yeah, and um, not not quite foghorn leghorn. I say, boy, I say, boy, uh, I say that's starting to sound like Doctor Phil. I say somewhere out there, a village is missing its idiot, y'all. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm so conf I'm more confused than a cow on astroturf, right? Very <laughs> confusing. Um, anyway, his voice is a little in that kind of range. I've got to listen a little bit more. Um, Vance Havner, if you're having a bad day, if you're having a tough time, I recommend Vance Havner. And, uh, but he was talking about repentance, saying, we don't hear it enough in the church. We don't hear the word repentance uh, nearly as much as what we ought to hear it because he said, you know, we, we do these programs, so many programs and evangelistic programs. Yeah, great. Uh, but he's always saying, what's the point unless we come to that repentance, that surrender to that first love, because that's when we do, out of that comes the gospel sharing. We, we know we've got to be out there. We know we've got to get out and share the good news um, to all creation and make disciples of all nations. We know it. And so that that's the same thing that happened in my life when I, uh, in I guess late 2009 it was when God really woke me from my being lukewarm. Not a good thing. And, and But yet he brought me back to repentance, to that first love, to have that recalibration, to have that almost 
personal revival that I was hungry and thirsty for God. You know, blessed are those, as Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I think that's from Matthew 5, 5. And it's, it's just something that it comes from when we uh, humble and we, we repent, we get back to that. And, and I just, when, I, when that happened to me, I wanted to get out and share the gospel again and, and just go out and preach to everyone and, and let it be known and let my light shine. And I see that um, from obviously the, the Vance Habner sermon, but it's something that you see it in, in the life of, of Leonard Ravenhill. You know, he talks about um, a man who is intimate with God is never intimidated by men, which, which really is talking about the fear of God, you know, because he had, um, you know, it's not love or fear of God. You know, some people say, I love God, but they don't fear God. When you fear God, that's when you can really have that intimacy and love him uh, with that intimate relationship that we have with Christ that we just want to go out and share him uh, with others. And so I, I see that in his life. But I mean, how do I, how do you even get to get this voice? You know, I do some 200 plus voices. How does some... Uh, impressionist get a Leonard Ravenhill in their repertoire. It's not your typical trajectory of a comedian. Uh, I do. Um, I mean, I do Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the most popular impressions that I do when I'm doing I'm talking about this and that and the bodybuilding and my, my forearms. They're so big. They like they like eight arms. Trust me. Or I do. I do a Sylvester Stallone. You know, it's, especially when you're waking up in the morning. You know, your voice sounds like really deep. Yo. And yo, and I do a hi, uh, Nicholas Cage, ha, right, uh, okay, uh, or I do a, a Liam Neeson. I have a very, very particular set of skills that I've acquired over a very long period of time. And, and I do love some of these voices, but how do you go from that to Ravenhill? It just doesn't seem to fit, and yet... Uh, it, wasn't something I went looking for. Uh, you know, actually, when God woke me from being lukewarm, when I came to this, I, I you know, started listening to great teaching and, and reading the word more and praying more and sharing the gospel more. And I, I knew of Landed Ravenhill from reading No Compromise, which is the uh, Keith Green's biography written by Melody Green. Fantastic book, recommend it because it changed my life back in the... Uh, you know, being a late teenager in, in my 20s, um, his, his music was profoundly impacting on my life and I'll probably do an episode on him. And, uh, you know, he was mentored by Leonard Ravenhill. And so it's like, who is this guy? He must be someone I want to hear. And, and he had a huge impact on David Wilkerson and a huge impact on um, Paul Washer and on my life, on I know, I know on Eric's life and many, many others He's had a huge impact and God used him uh, to, to, as I said, wake the church in America at such a time as this. And it's indeed his voice is still still being heard today, even if it's even through uh, through myself hearing that voice. But but how did I get that? I was just hearing it so much that it just kind of came out, you know. And I, I think it was 10 years ago where I was, the church I was at at the time, I was preaching and uh I quoted, uh, I think it was the quote from Leonard Ravenhill that talked about, um, no man is greater than his prayer life. Isn't that a great quote there? No man, uh, it doesn't matter who you are, 
you're not greater than your prayer life. It's so good. And I uh, said that and, uh, and then just kind of off the cuff at the time, I said, or as Leonard would say, uh, no man is greater than his prayer life. And in, in my mind, I, I did a little, oh, for, for half a second and kept preaching. But, but I remember thinking, oh, I, I've got a new voice and I wasn't even looking for it. It was just there. Wow. <laughs> How am I going to use this? But um, I, I knew that... Um, yeah, this was an impacting uh, hero of the faith that was influencing me, drawing me nearer to the Lord. And, and as indeed is uh, Eric's voice uh, and, and Eric's messages. But I, I wanted to bless him. I knew he had a birthday probably five or six years ago. In fact, he has one every year, right? Yeah, and I, I decided I'd send him a little audio clip of, of Leonard Ravenhill. And I uh, actually thought to myself, what would he say as a, as a message if he was still around today? Um, you know, I said something like, uh, happy birthday, Eric, uh, you know, brother, brother Ludi, it's uh, Leonard Ravenhill here and, you know, your church there at Ellerslie. It, it reminds me of the New Testament church, the Book of Acts, where they, they didn't have much money. They didn't have stately buildings, but I tell you what they did. They turned the world upside down, they did. And, um, and happy birthday. It was something along those lines and I remember he, he, he really loved it because it, it had that personal touch to it but um, I knew that um, my, my good friend Ray Comfort had uh, known Leonard Ravenhill good friends and I think wow that's so uh, amazing in fact he wrote a forward or a preface to one of his books and so I sent this audio clip to to Ray and you know Ray enjoys my voices he used them in um Audacity, where I was acting in the movie Audacity, doing impressions, and uh, but when I sent him this clip, he he sent back a message saying, "You know, Ben, that was superb," and you know, a little Ray Comfort impression for you there. So I thought I've stumbled across something. What do I do with this? But and I, I love the voice. It's just not just the voice. It's the voice of the Spirit of God speaking through him and through his teaching and through his preaching which was passionate and i and i loved it so it's it's definitely had a big impact as i said i do evangelism and i go out on the streets and i love to hear about um other evangelists what did they do how was it it was different era of course but um i'm going to read this is right at the beginning of uh leonard ravenhill's ministry and this is somewhere uh around 1930 uh, as i mentioned um I'll read it in his voice and it's from this book uh, in light of eternity in light of eternity it's written by uh, mac tomlinson you can order online and I, I read it in about a week and a half uh i mean it's so so big you can you can bodybuild with this it's such a big book i was glued to this book i just you know if, if you watch his clips you'll you'll hear all these great messages and you'll you'll want to really um get into it but it, it's, it's not just like oh i love him it's it gives you a deeper love for christ and that's what i love about it but he says here and i'll read it and he says i remember when i got out of school i was boiling to get out there and preach so he had the passion even when he was young and uh you know there's a city called bristol and i preached in as well as london and newcastle john wesley used to saddle his horse in bristol ride from there to london and ride from london to newcastle but i didn't have a horse i didn't have a car or a bicycle so i walked it 
and if fuel goes up anymore, we could all be doing the same thing, right? But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's where I live in Melbourne, Australia. We um, we were in the very harsh lockdown where we couldn't travel more than five kilometers. Um, that was our boundary. That's how harsh it was. This year, we can't afford to travel more than five kilometers, which is about 2.25 miles or something like that. But um, continuing on, he, Leonard says, so I walked it. Uh, England is not a big country, but if you try walking 400 miles, you'll find it's pretty rough. And then I walked it again. I stopped in villages, preaching as I went. With my sleeping bag, I knocked on the door of a church and I asked, could we sleep in your church? We've got sleeping bags. Where are you from? Cliff College. Yes, we've heard of Cliff College. That'll be all right. But sometimes they turned us out in the rain. I enjoyed every minute of it. Sometimes we couldn't find anywhere to sleep. We had a cart with a tent in it. We would set it up and sleep in that tent. We got washed out many times and blown down. But so what? So what? <laughs> I mean, is that what all of us aspire to in our evangelism? That we go, well, that's what I'm going to experience. It may not look like that. But you can see here this attitude of, so what? Because he had something deep. He had an intimacy with Christ. He had a love for Jesus. You know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, your mind, your strength, and, and to love others. And uh, so that intimacy that he had gave him that joy. In fact, it's told about these guys who were, were trekkers. They would trek, um, not like your, your trekkies, you know, that do this kind of thing. Um, no, talking about the trekkers, they would go out and uh, they had um, they had these tents. Uh, it, it was really intense, literally, because you know, getting a tent that would be blowing away or getting washed out uh, many times, um, not knowing where they were going to stay, it just doesn't sound terribly exciting. Like, who wants to go on a trek? where this is the case. You don't have much money. You don't have hardly any money. You don't know how long it's going to go for. And um, they would ration their food. In fact, I think he says, you know, we had like half a half a uh, piece of bread every day with jam. And, and they had to walk miles. It, it just sounds like, no, this is, this is harsh. This is like um, almost military training survival right but uh, yet they had incredible joy and that was one of the things that drew people to Christ they saw incredible results that God would bring along um, drunkards and and prostitutes and and many many uh, great sinners were saved radically through the uh, preaching of these uh, crusades that they would put on in the IHM which was the international holiness mission uh, that he was a part of uh, when when Cliff College sent them out and they had a whole bunch of these trekkers that would go out and uh, there's there's a photo in here uh, where you see them in their tent and it's like they don't have much money or anything but you see this joy on the face you see this incredible fun that they would have and uh, it just doesn't sound fun because of the circumstances but it's not it's uh, they're driven well, they weren't driven, they had to walk, but they were driven by love. And we need that as evangelists. This has got to be, uh, as I said, we need repentance. Um, and and out, out of that comes um, now this love for God, 
what can I do? How can I serve? It's, it's, we're driven by love. In, in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if I have not love, I'm like a clanging symbol. I don't want to just be someone that just makes noise and just preaches loudly. I want to have something that's driving me and that something is love, that love of Christ that he's poured into my heart at shed abroad. And I want to, I want to tell people about this love and uh, and be motivated by that. And, you know, it's it just doesn't sound like the um, the preachers that you hear about where they have their, their Learjets and their riders and they want X amount. Um, no, <laughs> it was it was almost the opposite of that. But you see this incredible love and joy that they had and God gave them uh, the results of that many, many people came to Christ. Um, so this is something that I love because when I go out and share the gospel, it's not often, well, it's it, when I say it's not often, sometimes you might be in a lovely place. This is beautiful and it's beautiful weather and it, this is great. But there are other times when it's cold it, or it's, it's extremely hot and uh, it's extremely pouring wet rain and we just go i don't want to you know it's very easy to say i don't want to go out because of the weather conditions um but i'm motivated by love and i want to get out there rain hail or shine we went out uh there was one time we were under a little shelter about so big and (laughs) we're standing there just rain was pelting down someone came uh to stand under the same shelter as they were passing by as they stood there, we shared the gospel with them and it was so loud because of this torrential rain, um, but we were able to have this incredible divine encounter that God had set up. And because we're motivated by love, we have this joy and circumstances is like, no, this is not something we'd want to choose to do, but wow, it was so great. And uh, there was another time where I remember... Um, my, my friend Chris and I, we, we've gone out for years and, and we're now starting to see so many others who are being stirred to come out with us. Um, but for a long time, it was just him and I and we would go to uh, this, this area called um, Dandenong where we'd go or Noble Park, which, you know, it, it's not that noble. And, and not to put these places down, it's they're okay, but they're not necessarily places I'd hang out on a Friday evening especially if it's cold, you'd, you'd want to be home. And I remember sharing the gospel with this guy and, and, and we stayed on an extra two hours where we were, we were hungry, it was cold, it was, it was so cold, we were like this and you know, our fingers were, were numb. We could hardly open the, the door of the car, I just remember. But, and this guy was asking us questions after question, but we kept bringing him back to the gospel and we were, we were driven by love if we didn't have love why would we be here why would we spend all this time uh just well ticking off the box going look i look what i did god no i I don't want that i want to be filled with god's love filled with that compassion that christ had when when he shared when he gave of himself to the lost i want the same thing and you see that in here with leonard ravenhill because it doesn't matter um what circumstances are going on how much money or anything like that it's an adventure it sort of reminds me when i when i was first uh married or first even not just married but when i was first uh knew my wife back in 
1995 we first met. That was like last uh, century, last millennium. We just celebrated 23 years of um, being married this month, so it's exciting, But and, and three kids later. But I remember we, the first night we went out, we had these other friends um, who were, they liked each other, and no, they, they didn't end up uh, together. But um, this, uh, this guy, Tim, who I, I was at Bible college, and he um, was from Tasmania. And so he spoke like this, right, from Tasmania. Little slower down there. Um, you think I sound Aussie? This, this, what this guy sound like? You'd need subtitles for Tim, and he was a real character. And I remember at Bible College, he got up in front of the whole class. In fact, I think it was in front of the whole college. People were getting up to share and um, testimonies and answered prayer, etc. And he gets up and he goes, "Yeah, I read uh, Isaiah. Yeah," and. Um, I'm thinking, is he going to say those that wait upon the Lord will rise up on wings of eagles? Or what's he going to share from Isaiah? It is a great book, you know, and he's like, yeah, um, it's a great book. Yeah, yeah, Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah, read read Isaiah. And then he sat down and I was like, that's it. (laughs) But it's always stuck with me. Yeah, Isaiah. And, uh, but he's Tasmanian, you know, I love, it's like Australia's version of Arkansas. It's like great people. Uh, whenever I see him, give him a big high four. Uh, but no, uh, he, he's a great guy. And he, I remember telling me, he goes, oh, you know, Lisa, that, that's my wife. He goes, she, she really, really likes you. Yeah. And um, well, I, you know, I, I really, really liked her as well. But when we went out, we went out, uh, the four of us and... Um, being the mid '90s, we didn't have mobile phones. We couldn't text each other because uh, we, we followed them into the city. We were heading in to go and see the uh, tallest building in Melbourne, which was the Rialto Tower, and uh, so we just had to follow them in. You know, couldn't lose them, and and but we did, and we we lost them. We knew, all right, well, we're head to this this tower. All we got to do is look up in the sky and see. Okay, it's the tallest building. We'll find it, but it sounds easy. We couldn't find it. And we walked around for about two hours, maybe more. We never found it. And, you know, we could have just asked someone. We couldn't Google anything. Uh, and uh, it sounds like, all right, that sounds like a disastrous night. And, and and to make it worse, I remember going to Macca's, which is McDonald's. That's what we say, McDonald's, Macca's. And I, I got a, I think I got something to eat, a McChicken burger. And um, my car was parked in the underground car park next to these um, big pillars. And uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm driving a Datsun, um, yeah, not this little Datsun stanza, uh, 1982, and uh, in, the, in the 90s, I'm driving this and I'm, and I'm reversing it out, trying to impress. And it, it was close to the pillar and it scraped along. And yeah, I'm like, I just devalued the car. It was probably worth 200, now it's, now it's worth like, uh, a bag of M&Ms or something and, I'm, and to get out of it I'm like going forward scraping scraping and I'm just thinking this is not impressing um, well anyway we ended up we got married um, a few years later we're still together but you you look back on that first time we went out we, we didn't get to see where we wanted to see the car didn't come out that great didn't really go to a romantic dinner as such or anything like that or get to see the look at it you could say what a what a disastrous night but yet I came away in love 
And, and, and I look back on that and think, it doesn't matter about these circumstances because I was driven by love. I was uh, probably crazy in love, right? That was what made me scrape my car, maybe. But here's the thing, it just reminds me of this, when you go out and share the gospel, you're not aware or you're not thinking about uh, that which is around you or you're not thinking about your, your stomach necessarily or thinking about your own comfort because we're outward focused. We're loving others and we're sharing the gospel for them. It's for them and, and our love for God, it just, uh, it just fills us with that. No matter what's going on around us, uh, people go, why would you do that? It's like, because I have that love. And I see that um, in, in the life of Leonard Ravenhill. There's something else that he, he would often stay uh, sometimes a month or, or even longer, whatever it took. And there's a quote here. So I'll read it in his, it's an extract uh, from a little sermon. He says, I, I told Wilkerson, um, David Wilkerson, he used to live uh, beside me, now lives in, uh, in, uh, in, and I said, David, there's, there's no biblical authority for you, Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, or anyone to have a one-night stand. Finney didn't do it. The Apostle Paul didn't do it. Uh, men stayed for days. You know, Finney would go to some crusades and not make an altar call until he'd preached for 28 days and nights. Now the guy goes in, wants to break up the fallow ground, sow the seed, and scatter the harvest in half an hour. It's it's baloney. And you see that, that he did, he stayed 28 days sometimes and they'd have these tents and they'd preach and preach until they had to move on to the next town. And um, I'm not saying that that's the method. You have to stay 28 days when you evangelize because you're thinking, well, I've got work and I'm only here for three days. It's like there, there is a time, you know, I go out often... Um, last Saturday night we saw thousands and thousands of people around us and we're giving it tracks after tracks and, and sometimes people just take them and they keep, keep walking and there are other times when I will spend a long time with people there are other times we'll get their phone number and we'll follow them up because we're not for me I, I don't want to just yes preach the gospel to all creation I want to remember and I'm going to read this we, we know it so so well in Matthew 28 uh, the, the great commission where it's, it's Jesus at the end of, right at the end of Matthew 28, verse 19, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so it's about spending quality time. One of the things I love to do is to spend quality time not just saying you know jesus forgave your sins but saying teaching them about sanctification and teaching them about um not just that god's grace has forgiven you but it's that god's grace is at work in you because he ever lives to save us and and we go through the scriptures and i love to um, mentor young guys and teach evangelism and teach people uh, the word of god that we've been taught and if I've got to spend a long time, as I said, we spent two hours with someone, which you know, that's not in the scheme of time a long time, but we will spend as long as we need before someone has that seed really sown. And there are people in our lives that we will constantly see and we can't just go, well, I shared the gospel with them four years ago and now I don't have to say anything. 
constantly, constantly sowing the seeds and reminding them of the gospel and, and living the gospel. And I see that also in Ravenhill's life, that he, he didn't just preach on a Sunday and do whatever during the week. He, he, he lived it, and that's what you see in this book. So it comes out when we go out. You know, It's often uh, two hours on a Friday and sometimes two hours on a Wednesday, which is... Is that all we do? But no, we're always ready to defend and give a, an answer for the hope in us. So we're always ready like a soldier. As Paul says to Timothy, we share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're in a, we're in a spiritual war and we, we're always ready to give a defense. Um, anytime we go in a service station or a shopping center or a cafe, restaurant, uh, always be ready to speak to someone. You never know. Uh, and so when we're living it um, consistently, like, like Leonard Ravenhill did, I think it's um, something that's just going to flow out of us. Um, like, like Peter and John, we can't help but speak what we know. And I think that's how we, we need to be, not, not just someone who during the week, it's, it's like those um, speed cameras where you're on a, a freeway driving into a country where they will... Um, average your speed so it's not that they detect and take a photo it's that they will know um, your your license plate when you get to each one and it will time it so it knows the um, average speed that you're going and if it's more than what the speed limit is uh, then you're likely to get a penalty notice and <laughs> and I didn't know that I, I used to see them and I'd slow down but the problem with doing that is the fact that you know you're still averaging a higher speed. And so it, it, I'm saying this because it reminds me of people who um, they'll you know come to church every Sunday and they're, oh, I better be good now because they come to church or I better be good now that I'm coming to uh, share the gospel. Uh, no, because we must be consistent so that we're constantly having that love and intimacy with Christ so that naturally we're going to share the gospel. We're going to share it when we go out. We're going to share it when we're at home, in season and out of season. Be ready in season and out of season to preach the word. So that's something I see. And the other thing that I have to talk about just briefly is is prayer. Because Leonard, as I said, I know prayer is a different subject altogether. But without prayer, evangelism, it's, it's, it's lacking that huge ingredient. And it's something that goes before and it goes during and, and even after because you're, you're going to have spiritual opposition. Um, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's a promise. So when you share the gospel, you're going into enemy territory. You're stirring the hornet's nest. You, you, you must be prayerful, um, praying the armor of God on you, praying for protection and fortification, praying for wisdom, you see that with Ravenhill, as he said, uh, um, no man is greater than his prayer life. He said, uh, there's 24 hours a day. Uh, you work eight, you sleep eight. What do you do with the other eight? He goes, therefore pray. And um, and he would, uh, I'm not saying that we have to do this, but, but he would pray from six to eight hours every day. Uh, and often praying for souls, praying for souls to come to Christ. Um, is so important that we pray for the lost and pray that more workers will come as well when we're praying and uh, people uh, will come to Christ they'll they'll hear the gospel but pray that that seed would be 
watered by the Holy Spirit. Pray that God would convict them. There's so much prayer, so much prayer that goes into evangelism. And you see that. And I'm inspired when I see Ravenhill, you know, at praying six hours a day. I'm not saying you have to do that. And he's not saying, yeah, therefore I'm, I'm going to pray three hours tomorrow. Um, he says, you approximate to it like a, like a, like an Olympic runner. And, um, and, and it's true. You, you want to start maybe with half an hour every day. You'll, you'll, you'll have your, your prayer needs, but pray in that time. God, there are people that I know that don't know you, that I want them to come to Christ and pray for opportunities, pray for boldness, pray for love that you would have. There is, um, I have scratched the surface. It's just a tiny, tiny bit of looking at the, the life of Leonard Ravenhill. There's so much that we could look at and, and learn from him. And maybe I'll do another episode, who knows. But um, that's just something of an introduction to him. Uh, when we go out and we share the gospel, have love. And, and also, I want to just tell you that, you know, Philippians 4.13, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, which, which is talking about the context of whether I have abundance or whether I have a, a little bit of money. I mean, these are just things that we go through and, and I can do all things. I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we'll say, say in Galatians 6, 9, it says, and let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And um, we, we have to endure all things. Um, it's through Christ who strengthens us when we do the work of God. And so it's, it's not about when we're running a race and we go, I can do it. I can, you know, it's actually being able to endure whatever God brings our way. And we don't want to grow weary as we do it. Um, especially when we're, we're preaching the gospel, we we need God's grace. Uh, so we've been given much so that we can give uh, freely to others. So there's a little bit of Leonard Ravenhill to uh, inspire you as you, as you go out. Um, evangelism lessons from heroes of the faith. And there's more that I have and I probably will relate uh, and talk about Ravenhill more but uh, you can check his uh, youtube clips out and uh, thank you for watching and listening uh, let me pray thank you god that uh, you have given us uh, everything for life and godliness and we thank you for the gospel that changes lives and it's the power of god unto salvation and uh, i i thank you for great uh, men who have shown that they had a love for you um, a passion for you that they had um, that they stayed the course, that they endured, that they made disciples and that they woke the church. And I pray that for us, that we would at such a time as this be woken, be stirred, by, be driven by your love and just to constantly stay in that uh, attitude of prayer, just to be communicating with you um, because without prayer, um, it's almost unless the Lord builds the house we are laboring in vain we need to be praying and we need to be motivated by that love so we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us we thank you in Jesus name Amen Daily Thunder is a listener supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training at Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. 
Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.